Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day everybody. Time is running out to join the fourth Amazon Collective Mastermind that's being held in March on the 22nd, 23rd and Sunday the 24th. This time in the Blue Mountains in New South Wales, amazing resort, five-star luxury, you're going to love it. Uh, it's being sponsored by multi-currency solutions provider World First, an Australian e-commerce accountants, Intrepid Advisory, who I use. And now we've got a new sponsor, One Stop VAT, to help you get set up in Europe if you want to expand there. Now, to join us, Fee Suter and international VIP guests, including Ben Weber, head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash collective to learn more and to apply. We would love to see you there. Uh, today, I interview Ash Rex, a veteran online video and Amazon expert who lives and works in Japan. Now, he started his career in finance before moving from Sydney to Japan and then just working on all sorts of entrepreneurial ventures ever since. Um, his experts in video has given him a huge edge selling on Amazon for both his own e-commerce brands, but now also for the clients that he works alongside with. This is seriously a must-listen episode if you're thinking of expanding your Amazon business to Japan. Now, don't forget to join my Facebook group. Just head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Facebook. Love to see you there. Join the gang. And I'm still offering private coaching, so please head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Chris to book an hour session with me. And if you own or work or you are a private label business and you need some help running your Amazon business, then feel free to get in touch with me. I've got an agency. It's called amosphere.com.au, an Amazon service provider. Uh, that's it for the announcements this week. Let's get on with today's show with Ash Rex. Welcome back to another episode of the Australian Seller Podcast, and today I'm delighted to welcome to the microphone, Ash Rex. How are you, Ash? Very good, Chris. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, it's an absolute joy and a pleasure. We've spoken a few times about you. You're an expat living in Osaka, I think, in Japan. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I lived in Osaka for eight years. I did uh, Tokyo for eight years, but um, I'm originally from Sydney. Can you speak Japanese? I can speak enough. <laughs> no one can ever speak fluently, but I can speak no. enough. You know, it's great to have you on the show. We've had a few chats. You've spoken to me a lot about how you're using video, um, how to sell in Japan, uh, particularly using Amazon. So they're the topics that I would love to explore with you today, if that's all right. Does that sound okay? Yeah, sure. Sure. I'd love to talk about Japan. It's great. Brilliant. All right. Um, well, let's get straight to it. Let's have an intro. Like I know you've given us a quick intro, but uh, what led you to this point? Well, I was working in finance in Sydney and one of my best friends moved to Japan and uh he strongly recommended to come over. So that's when the currency was really good. So you can make yeah. a lot of money in Japan. And I moved over. I was only planning to go here for one year, but I ended up staying 17. <laughs> so <laughs> I got in early because uh, the Japanese invented mobile phone internet on iMode. And uh, that was making a fortune. You could It was a subscription model where you could charge um, $3 a month subscription. So I built out a, a travel phrase book with about 280,000 uh, phrases in Japanese wow. and English. Yeah. And I also licensed the Oxford Dictionary for the iMode in Japan, but it all got killed. I came in at the tail end and it all got killed by um, smartphones and the iPhone. So yeah. I got in a bit late on that. And uh, then then I made a TV show with my partner for uh, Reebok uh, and uh, Fox Sports. So we made a 20-episode yoga TV show. That went across uh, 11 countries into 20 million homes. Then we, uh, then we built out a big YouTube channel. This was before you can actually make money on YouTube. So they built a creative space in Tokyo. We, we filmed about 700 yoga poses for that. Uh, we launched all that. But that was before before videos were monetized. That, Google didn't pay you money back then. So we kind of went, all right, well, what's next? So then we made a, a video subscription app. Uh, mm -hmm. We filmed our own yoga TV shows and content. Um, we licensed a TV 20-episode TV show to Nagoya TV for two years in a row. Uh, and then we, we created a subscription app. Uh, so you could download the app, watch all the yoga shows in the app, um, and we got up to about a thousand videos, I think. Uh, and then uh, Amazon launched Amazon channels in Japan. Uh, now a lot of people don't know what Amazon channels are, but when you're an Amazon Prime member in America, you can pay an extra five dollars or ten dollars a month and, and mm -hmm. subscribe to a specific channel. And they've got 150 channels. For example, like right. HBO Channel, Discovery Channel, BBC mm -hmm. Channel. Um, there's all these different channels, and um, I think they had six fitness channels. Now they're only you can only subscribe to it in that country. So if you're not in J America with an Amazon.com account, you can't watch it. Even if you're in Australia, you can't watch it. You have to be in America. 
So yeah. in Japan, they launched 30 of those and um, I got the fitness channel because I had all this content. And more importantly, because I'd made TV grade content because people watch Amazon channels on their big TV, on their $5,000 TV. So it's mm -hmm. not, you can't put YouTube quality on there. You had to film it in TV quality. And yeah. because I started off making a TV show, I, I always focused on TV quality content. I never, yeah. I didn't, never did YouTube quality content. So that yeah. allowed me to have my own Amazon channel, thankfully. And uh -huh. so I, I have a, I have a 1000 uh, yoga episode um, yoga TV channel Stay on with. Amazon. Yeah. So I'm probably one of the only individuals on the planet with his own TV channel on Amazon. It's, <laughs> it's quite amazing, actually. <laughs> uh, and and then because of yeah, and then because of COVID, everyone stayed home and uh, started doing more yoga. All right, so so kind of went gangbusters. And then I always had the goal of selling products under my brand name. So I trademarked my name uh, five years ago for many categories, yep. and then I started launching my own products. Uh, and then during COVID, um, I was introduced. I got stuck in Australia. Actually, I was down in the Gold Coast, um, and I got introduced through a friend of mine in New Zealand mm -hmm. to this company called SwiftPoint. They uh, they make computer mice. And they yeah. wanted to they wanted to end their relationship with their Japanese distributor, who wasn't really innovative in the way they were marketing it. And then they asked me to do it, and um, and we got the trademark registered. And then I went I just went to town on video. So, yeah. what was exciting was about a year and a half ago, Amazon completely changed, and they went all out video. And because I'd done about eight years of video, it was really yeah. exciting for me. So I've been testing out every single aspect of video on Amazon to the extreme. Every mm -hmm. single thing you can do with video, I've tried it, and uh, it's been quite a journey, actually. And uh, from what I've seen, I've reviewed a lot of uh, uh, YouTube channels. I've, I've looked at what everyone else is saying. No one's talking about it. No one actually knows. So a lot of the people out there on, on YouTube and stuff who are giving advice and all these places, they just don't have the video background, and they haven't right. tested it all out because to test it all out is quite expensive. Right. Yeah. If you actually had to make videos for Amazon ads, prime, you know, um, your brand yeah. store, your product listing, all the, you know, people can't test it out. But I've already tested out Amazon with a thousand videos, which list alongside products, and uh, more importantly, I have my own production capacity, so I've been yeah. able to produce a, a vast amount of video content for the brands I'm selling, and um, test everything out to the extreme. So if I wanted so to test what, something what, what new works. out. Yeah. yeah, I know exactly what works and I know how yeah. powerful it is. And from what I've seen, I've, I've been reviewing lots of big brands on Amazon. No one is doing video anywhere near what they should be doing and yeah. they could triple, quadruple, who knows, times 10 their sales. Well, and it can give you a very in. strong comparative advantage. Yeah, let's dive in. All right. <laughs> let's dive into that. But I want to start with Japan. Like why would we as an Amazon seller, maybe we're set up in America or Australia or a few other marketplaces, perhaps even Europe, but why would we want to go and start selling in Japan? Give me some good reasons. Well, the most important thing is it's a very sophisticated, mature market. It's probably one of the most competitive retail markets on earth. Uh, Amazon yep. Japan is about 10% of the market. There's 135 million people here. In, in some accounts, Japanese are probably the richest people on earth. Maybe not the economies are big anymore, but just remember Japanese are net investors in other countries. So that doesn't show the Japanese GDP. So if you actually look at their net investment in other countries, they're probably some of the richest people in the world. they got yep. one of the highest densities of millionaires on the planet. Amazon has a very, very, very deep penetration in the Japanese market. I mean, yep. when I say deep, I'm talking deep. I think, you know, Prime members in America, something like 40 million or something. Uh, I don't know what it is exactly, but uh, globally it's 100 million, probably 35, 40, 50 million in America, which, yeah. you know, out of 350 million people. But in Japan, there's only 135 million people, and they're mm -hmm. probably easily 25 to 30 million Amazon Prime members. Now, Jeez. if each household has two or three, three or four people, that's literally yeah. every household in the whole of Japan. And they had some big competitors here, but they've mm. pretty much in the last five, 10 years crushed them. Um, right. And the main reason is, um, and, and this is the Amazon model, is they have their warehouses out of the city where the, rent, the land is cheap and the rent is cheap, and therefore yeah. the rental cost is next to nothing compared to this, the price of the products. So you can offer a, a, a cheaper value. Whereas yeah. the retail, the rental price in the big cities like Tokyo is just astronomical. Yeah. So the retailers just can't compete. No. Um, the other thing is you've got ridiculously fast delivery times because, you know, uh, something like 30 40% of Japanese live in Tokyo and and so all their delivery centers in Tokyo. I mean, some products, you can get delivery in one hour. <laughs> you, can, you can order a bag of rice and yeah. someone will go to a factory, uh, go to a warehouse, take out a bag of rice, hop in their uh -huh. car, drive to your house and hand you the bag of rice in one hour. <laughs> like, it's unbelievable. 
Yeah. And, and the other thing is, the other big thing is, Japanese absolutely love foreign products. They got a love affair. They, you know, Japanese. Um, it's one of the contradictions of Japan. They've got a very, very rich, deep history and tradition and culture. But on the other hand, they embrace every single foreign product on earth. I mean, they they love testing out foreign products. That's one of the reasons why they're so successful in innovating new products. They love mm. everything. And so the biggest brands, you, you can actually Google it. You can list the biggest brands in Japan. And uh, in terms of customer awareness and love affair, you know, with brands, you know, some of the three biggest brands is Disney, Ritz Carlton, Louis Vuitton. I mean, they worship this. I mean, Louis Vuitton, they were shocked how many people were buying their handbags. They, they couldn't believe it. They had, they had. I met the head of Louis Vuitton in Japan, and he said they had no idea why Japanese were buying it. They were the biggest buyers of Louis Vuitton products on earth, and they had no idea what they did to have that success. They were completely <laughs> dumbfounded. They went gangbusters. Well, we love we love their Japanese. Well, we love Japanese products too, right? We love their cars. We yeah, love their knives. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's yeah, a bunch yeah, of different yeah, yeah. things. I've sold Japanese products um, wholesaling. Oh, some have of you? My toy squishies in the past year. My daughter picked them out. It's probably something I was spoken about in the show before, but yeah, my daughter was watching a video once on YouTube, and she was right into squishies. She was about eight or nine years old, and um, she was into these little squishy toys. I had no idea what they were because I'm like in my fifties, you know. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I ended up finding out the the name of the company that was supplying, well, was selling these squishies, and yeah, got in touch and started selling them, and made about seventy thousand bucks in my first like six weeks or something. It's amazing. Well, that's amazing. Well, that's that's the thing. See, this is one thing J- Japan's unique compared to everyone else. Most people, the Western people, they want the highest quality at the lowest price. Mm. Japanese don't think like that. They they actually want to pay a high price for quality. Yeah. They're willing, but you know why? Because they respect your artisanship, they respect your skill, they respect yeah. your production quality, and they're proud to pay you a high price for quality. So that's something unique about Japan. People don't know. I, I had a friend of mine, and his cousin, they had a multi, a billion dollar nut nut company in America, and yeah. uh, they told me that um, they were selling premium grade nuts in Japan at three times higher than any other country on earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also um, met one of the biggest uh, chocolate chefs on the world, and he researched every chocolate market on the planet. And he said the best market on the entire planet for chocolate was Japan. They would pay two or three times more for premium grade chocolate than any other country in the world. So Japanese pay for quality. So if you're selling a high quality product on Amazon, mm-hmm. look at the Japanese market. You might be able to get some uh, abnormal returns. And because Japanese appreciate perfection, they want it to be perfect. If it's not perfect, they will return it and give you one star. Yeah, when I say perfect, I mean if you're selling clothing and you got one little bit of stitching out of place, they're going to return it. Ouch. Okay, that's very, very uh, top tip right there. What about things like packaging? Because I know that the Japanese just go completely over the top with the packaging that they expect. And well, Japanese. And yeah. mm. Japanese probably have the most sophisticated uh, packaging on earth. I mm. met once. I met a guy. Gee, who was it? I met this Japanese guy years and years ago. He made $200 million making boxes for Rolex watches, but he was making boxes for fake Rolex watches. <laughs> anyway, okay. he made $200 million. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, no, their, their packaging is on another, on another world. It's on another level, isn't it? Yeah, yeah you've got to you, you get your packaging right. If you want to make money in Japan, you've got to get your packaging right. You can't, you can't half-heart yeah. it. You've got to go all out. To the extreme. On the other hand, if you got a product and you're selling globally, Japan's a great place to sort packaging. I mean, they, they got tin cans. I mean, they, for example, I came across a company in Tokyo that sold yeah. tin cans for um, uh, tea and stuff like that. They were just yeah. full-on artisans. They were like a 150-year-old company just specializing in tin cans for, for tea. It was out of this world. <laughs> the quality of their tins were just on another plan. You know, the tin alone could be a product. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people sort of say that about Apple products, don't they? You know, they, they tend to hang on to the to the packaging, the box. You know, the product comes in. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. I tend yeah, to do yeah, that yeah. as well, and I don't know why. It's just it's just too good to throw away. You know, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, all right, so we've we've talked about why we should be selling in Japan because it, is, it yep. does sound incredibly attractive. But um, how the hell do we do it? Like, what? Are, how do you start selling there if you're you know, if you don't okay. live there? Well, this this is the most important thing. Okay. Um, basically, traditionally, you had to have a company in Japan or you had to go through a Japanese distributor. And, and either way, you, your margins are going to get cut down. Mm. You probably can't set up your company in Japan unless you're a big company like Guinness. 
I know they did it and they had huge yeah. success, but unless you're really big, it's it, you, you yeah. just won't make sales. We're not going Entering there. retail is next to impossible unless you go through a Japanese distributor. The big yeah. Japanese retailers, they will not buy from you because they want to have a, a Japanese presence and they want a company that they can trust will look after repairs, returns, warranties yeah. and stuff like that. And, and the, gov- the Japanese government wants, you know, to pay tax properly. So you basically, if you want to go into retail, it's really hard to do deals that are going to make you abnormal returns. However, yeah. with Amazon now, you don't need a company in Japan and you don't need to uh, have a bank account in Japan. And, and bank account in Japan, that's another story, but you don't want to go there. <laughs> but um, So basically now you can have a company anywhere in the world and sell through Amazon Japan, right? Mm. You don't need a company and you don't need a bank account. But I strongly recommend a trademark, and I'll tell you why. Every yeah. market in, in, on Amazon the world is different. You don't know what people are searching for. You don't know how people make purchasing decisions. You don't know who your competitors are. You don't mm. know what their problems are and their needs are. All right. So with a trademark, um, you can test out 20 units, run some yeah. ads for one month, and at the end of mm. one month, you get that search query performance data. And that ah, search yes. query performance data from Brand Analytics will tell you exactly what people are searching for in that country for your product 1000 keywords and then once you understand exactly what people are searching for for your product then you build your offer keyword backwards you can and then you can build out all your marketing content you can build out your your bullet points your description you can you know is it you doing one pack three pack five pack black blue red you want to see what people are searching for Right. Sure. I mean, I saw one product. Um, it was a fitness product, and they had mm-hmm. eight colors. And this was in America. And then yep. when I actually looked at the search results, people were only searching for one color. <laughs> the <laughs> other eight colors weren't selling. And I was like, Well, why That's are you even stocking it? Just stock with one color. Yes, we're done it. And the other thing is, you got to do a competitor analysis. So what I do when I sell in Japan is the first thing I do is identify all the competitors, and I buy all their products. Nice. And I go through the purchasing process for that product. I see what it looks like. I see how it comes to me packaged. And then I take very, very careful notice of their packaging. Yep. And I look at all the words they have and think, okay, well, what, what words on here do I need? And that's because, you, you know, ja- every kind of, yeah, or, or no, on the actual packaging of the product. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yep. because, you know, every country has different laws and Japan's laws are quite onerous. If oh. you're in the food market or cosmetics market, you have to go through a special importer who specializes in food or cosmetics. For example, I think to get a cosmetics import license, you have to have a laboratory in Japan with two scientists, right? You know, stuff like that. So, um, uh, and and so each industry is different. For example, you know, if you're going to in cosmetics, you're up against Shiseido, which is the biggest uh, cosmetics manufacturer on earth. Your odds are very slim. But having said that, they do pay premiums for foreign brands. I saw a cosmetic product just yesterday that had the big label on it, made in Norway. But that might yeah. be a, they might have just licensed their product to a Japanese company and they put it on there for marketing. So yeah, the sense. other thing is you've got to have an importer of record, which means yeah. what you have is you have these companies in Japan and they are liable for your tax and right. uh, compliance to the Japanese government mm-hmm. and you have that, that you have to ship to them. They have to sign that they're, you have to have a power of attorney and yeah. then, then you can ship it into Amazon. It's a bit of a pain. Now, there's two kinds of them. There's there's Japanese ones and there's foreign ones. So I strongly recommend using a foreigner one uh, with Western people because it just your communication-wise is infinitely easier. Um, yeah. But, you know, you just got to shop around on that. The other thing is you've got to localize in Japanese. So, I mean, you've you got a lot of products in the market here that are in English, and Japanese actually don't mind that. Uh, you, you'll actually okay. see a lot of marketing in Japan that has English slogans, English words, mm-hmm. English packaging. A lot of Japanese don't care about that. So you might not actually need to change your packaging. You might mm-hmm. just, just put a sticker on, right? You can okay. just put a sticker on over your, um, your ingredients or something like that. That's quite top, normal as well. And that's the that's cheapest good. way of doing it. So don't yeah. think you've got to have Japanese packaging. If you're getting bigger, do it. But if you're starting out and testing, you don't need to do it, right? So what about um, what about what does all this cost to get an importer record to somebody to act on your behalf to receive your items? Is that expensive? It all depends on whether you have to go through compliance. Now, years ago, I got uh, the exclusive rights to Blackmore Supplements for online sales. Wow. They had like uh, yeah, they had 30, 40 products. These are online sales, not retail. Uh, retail was with a big company called Shinogi. And uh, they never launched their products in four years. They they told me that every single one of their supplements was blocked in Japan, except for the fish oil that got approved. Even then, 
we went through, it took one year to get it approved. <laughs> one year to get the fish oil approved. It was not easy. That's great. Uh, and then, and then, yeah. then, then something happened with the board of directors and they fired all the top management, including the guys I were working with in Hong Kong. And then the new guys just said, we're not even going to do Japan at all. Bye. And that was the day we we're going to ship. <laughs> so, and then, ironically, uh, a big Japanese company bought Blackmores for fifteen billion or twenty billion or something. It was crazy. crazy <laughs> they bought right. them out. So, so, so uh, you know, they got blocked from importing in Japan for five, six years, and then a Japanese company bought it. You know, go figure. At the end of the day, but how um, crazy is that? Yeah. So the other thing you need to do for entering the Japanese market, and this is something I strongly, strongly recommend is lo localize everything in Japanese if you can, but more importantly, make video content because video is images. You don't have to have text on it. So you don't have to worry so much about getting the Japanese wording right and the sales pitch. My 80, I think 82% or something people on, on Amazon now are buying from video. So video is a very easy way for you to make sales to Japanese without having to get the language right. Because you can actually show people using your product. You can show it in someone's hand. You can show them eating it. You can show them on their plate. You can show it on their body wearing clothes. You can actually show it. And you can show it in so many innovative and and, um, and uh, creative ways that that's how you can make your sale in the Japanese market. Um, the the what, only what big the downside... Sorry? Yep. I was just going to say one of the things that you spoke about earlier, though, was the fact that you've got this studio level camera equipment and you know 4K kind of resolution. I'm thinking, like, is this something that we could be doing using our telephone or something like that? Like just yeah. So what I do is I I break up my videos into two two uh, two types. I I break up into the 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 conversion videos, the video that that's on your product listing, the video that's on your brand store, your number one conversion video. I try and film that as high quality as possible because, like I said, Japanese pay for quality, and and what's the first test of your quality is the quality of your video. So for the for the converting video, I film it in premium grade cameras, uh, cinema grade cameras, cinema grade lenses, fully edited properly, color graded properly. You know, just blow them away with that video because that's where you, that's where they're going to watch out and click buy. All yeah. my other videos, I I started filming on the iPhone 14 or iPhone 15 in a what you call a native format. And because a lot of people are watching uh, your listing now on, on their mobile. So if you mm. use the iPhone, it's already optimized for iPhone, yeah. right? And iPhone dominates Japan. So you've already got a video completely optimized for iPhone for yeah. people watching your listing on their iPhone. Yeah. So it's already optimized for it. So you don't you need to optimize it. You showed yeah. me some really cool videos as well that you'd use with some of the settings, which you, t you spoke about on iPhone 14 and 15, which I think was a cinematic mode as well, which when we spoke okay, a couple well, of days ago. I'll go into uh, the video in a minute. Yeah, I just want right. to say one thing about Japan and then we can finish yeah, up on, finish on how to yeah. enter Japan. One of the biggest problems is, and this is only a new law about a month or two ago, I mean, it was already in place, but they've, they've really cracked down on this. And this mm. is a real big downside to Japan now. You have to pay, okay, you got to, I don't know, every, every country is different. England, it's VAT, it's called VAT, Australia, it's good right. services tax. In Japan now, you have to pay your 10% tax on the sale price of your product at point of import. So if 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 you're selling a, a thousand products at ten dollars each, right? Yeah. You've got to pay a dollar for each one of your products at point of import. That's so a if you're it's a killer. It's a killer and it's non-refundable. And that means if you discount your price later, you're paying more tax. Because right. you've already paid it at the sale price. So Basically, I see it as uh, a shot across the bow. I see um, the Japanese trying to crush Amazon. <laughs> That's what I see. But well, what happened is, what happened, yeah. I'll tell you why it's happened. Half yeah. of Amazon Japan now is Chinese manufacturers, and they've yeah. just dumped a whole lot of crap on there. And a lot of them are just shipping straight from China, and none of them are paying that tax. No. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I mean, and they're just hey, like, can it, yeah. Can it work the other way, though, Ash? Um, can you... Can you say that I'm going to sell these things for like a dollar each and only pay ten bucks for your thousand widgets? No, or, but if, if they ordered it, if they ordered it later, and yeah. then they find out, they'll just block you from ever importing again. You're banned. Yeah, that's Boop. annoying. Okay, and your business yeah, is over. I'll, I'll, I'll so you have to, you back. have to, you have to ship small samples. So you got to get mm. your shipping right. So you really, you know, you got to really know what you're doing in Japan now. Now, if you have a company in Japan, mm -hmm. you don't have to pay that ten percent tax at point of import. 
Okay. Because so your company in Japan has to pay the tax and your company in Japan has to pay the tax. So it depends on how big your company is and it yeah. depends on your sale price and it mm. depends on how flexible you are, whether you need to discount or not. And, you know, if you've got a premium grade quality product, you probably don't need mm. to discount ever. So it depends if you're using a global price. So if your price is the same in every country in the whole world, no matter what, mm. well, then, you know. And so you really got to know this. You really, really got to yeah, test yeah. it and you got to really know what you're doing. Otherwise, that tax will just... It'll cripple your business. So you, yeah. I, I suggest going into Japan small with small sample sets of maybe yeah. 50 units, 100 units, getting the costing right, figuring out exactly how it works to the dollar, mm-hmm. finding all the pit ho- uh, um, holes, yeah, you know, and, and your yeah, pitfalls and, and uh, just, you know, getting getting uh, your logistics perfect. And once you've got that right, then you can start yep. scaling. Okay. okay. More, I've got more questions for you. Actually, I've got just sure. a quick one on the bank account um, that you mentioned right at the beginning of how to sell in Japan. In fact, you don't need one. Can be useful though to use. One of our sponsors for the upcoming um, Amazon Collective event in March is World First and they do have a Japanese currency. So you can get your payments received in JPY, uh, which you can convert through the World First, um, your World First account into your domestic currency so you can pay yourself or you can put it in US dollars so you can pay suppliers a lot cheaper than allowing Amazon to handle a conversion, you know, the currency conversion. Um, that's ah, right. That's two. very interesting. Okay, I'm going to look into that. Yeah. Thanks for that. These, I use virtual... I use um, I use Wise myself, and they yeah, pay me out in another, US dollars. Another... Yeah, but right. but you can't you, you can't get a virtual Japanese bank account, unfortunately. So you can uh, only uh, you can only yeah. get a, a US bank account. Yeah, well, check out but, Well First. They're they're really good good service. Yeah. Um, All right, I'll have a look at that. Do. Uh, the other question I had just as well around selling on Japan, we've got to create listings, right? Now the listings, I'm assuming, must. But, it should be in Japanese language. Are you, what are you recommending in terms of translation? Getting someone on the ground in Japan to translate your your English listings into Japanese, or you know something as simple as ChatGPT or Google Translate. Like what? What? Yeah. Which way should we go? Yeah. You see, I, I've done this to death because I my first business was a a, um, a, tra- a travel phrase book with two hundred eighty thousand sentences. Right. <laughs> right. I've translated Japanese stuff to death, and I know it's not about translation. I wouldn't use the word translation. I would use the word localization. Now, here's okay. the biggest problem. I'll tell you the biggest problem. Okay. When you hire Japanese to do this stuff, they do exactly what you tell them to do, right. not what you need to do, right? Yeah. And it's not about translating your English text into Japanese. No, it's not. It's to figure yeah. out exactly how a Japanese person's buying mm. and then telling them what they want to hear to make the purchase. Mm. That's not translation. That's localization. Okay. So you really have to get in the mind of a Japanese consumer. And to do that, you need a Japanese person who understands what people buy mm. and then write it that way. And that's why what I would do is I would do, like I said, 20 units on Amazon, run mm. it for a month, get your search query performance data, get your top search terms, get your keywords uh, from your ads, you know, mm. run ads a, a, a across category and see what see what people click on. Um, yeah. Look at your competitor, get your top 50 competitors analyze all their titles, look at all their keywords, look at all their bullet points, just look at the whole holistic marketplace for your brand and then write out your title and bullet points to be competitive, to have, you know, that sales solution. If you go in there thinking, oh, just translate it, man, you're going to fail. 100% you'll fail because you use the wrong word. I mean, often what the word translated is actually not the word Japanese search for because Japanese have, you know, three languages. They got hiragana, furagana, they got uh, Chinese characters, then they got a Japanese reading of the Chinese character, and then they got a Chinese reading of the Chinese character. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you know exactly how they think and what they're searching for, you'll get it wrong. And and what I've seen is with translate. Well, yeah, when, I was, when I was selling on Amazon Japan yeah. um, a few years, well, many years ago now, and I did exactly what you said. I put in a, an order of 50 units just to give it a try, and I just failed miserably, mainly because I use Google Translate to, to translate the listings because I'm slack. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I just, just, just want to emphasize one point. If you yeah. just put 50 units in there without the trademark, you don't mm-hmm. get the data. Yeah, so bottom line, if you're going in Japan, you're going to have to spend $1,000, $1,500 paying for the trademark. I mean, if you're not willing to spend that, yeah, I wouldn't, you know. If you're just thinking, well, think- oh, i just test that. Well, you can, you can, but you won't get any of the data. And without the data, you can't localize anything. I mean, you Look, could you can, analyze your competitor you titles. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, mate, that you can um, apply your foreign trademark into the through brand registry onto the Japanese marketplace. So, oh, I didn't know that. Well, that's great. If you can do that, definitely do that. Yeah, I, I've, I've released videos about this, but you can... Um, 
you can get a trademark self-service from IP Australia here in Australia, uh, which costs 250 Australian dollars, which includes the GST, which is nothing. I mean, it's about 180 US bucks or probably even less now. Um, and I've used my Australian trademarks to get brand registry, not only in the US, but also the UK. And I can't imagine it'd be any different for Japan. So yeah, it's fine. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, well, if you can do that, definitely do that. Anything that reduces your cost of entry yeah, totally. to test it, yeah, do it. Because you, yeah, the last thing you want to do, the last thing you want to do is spend five, ten grand testing out Japan to find it's not worth it, and you just go, "Well, I just blew five, ten grand for nothing." Yeah. You know, I mean, Japan. If you get it right, it can be just a breeze. If you get it wrong, if 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 you don't know what you're doing, it's a quagmire. Mm. You get stuck, mm. and you just you you'll do your head in seriously. Yeah. If you really know exactly what you're doing, you can you can just go in there nice and fast, test it out. Okay, this is good. This is bad. You know, it all depends on what your competitors are doing. But look, yeah. I strongly recommend testing it with video and getting that trademark. But if you don't have the trademark, you can still look at all your competitor titles, all your competitor mm-hmm. bullet points. You can still look at the top search terms. That's that's a gold mine right there, top search terms, because that has every single keyword that anyone's ever searched for. So yes. you can do that. And, and you can use the Google Translate on the search terms, to, and that's very accurate. I did that all the time. So you can do that. So if you if at a minimum, I'd be looking at your competitor lineup and, yeah. and looking at, at, and at how they present and sell their product. I do that. that. That's very valuable information. Quick question as well, just on tools. You know, I should know the answer to this, but does Helium 10 work, you know, those sort of tools like Helium 10's on Guru, Jungle Scout, do they work? Are they useful for the Japanese market? The ones that we're kind well, of used to? I, when I first started out, I tested them all out and none of them did. Um, having said that, I know they're getting more advanced on, the, on all the time. I haven't yeah. tested them out in the last couple of years. Maybe they do. I'm a little bit skeptical, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to speak on their behalf and I don't want to say they're a bad product or anything like that. They're probably amazing. Uh, they probably do work. I have seen on some forums that people do say they work. I personally, for Japan, because the language is so unique and the search, they don't use uh, um, the alphabet mm-hmm. In this search, they use Japanese characters. Yeah, yeah. I f- I feel a lot safer just uh, analyzing the data that Amazon gives me. So you yeah, know the search right. query performance, the top search yep. terms, um, the ad the ad search terms, uh, mm. the competitor titles, uh, all those. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, this this is another really valuable one. Uh, the suggested search terms of of yes. um, the suggested search terms. Of Amazon. Those five big ones, yeah. they should give you enough to know. You got to understand. The, the American market has 300 million products or something. The Japanese market doesn't, right? So yeah. it's a lot smaller. So you can actually manually search it, uh, analyze it a lot better, mm-hmm. right? And you only and, and you'll probably find the top 10 products make all the sales anyway. So yeah. you're not you're not having to search study the mice. So I'll give you an example. So I got the computer mouse. There's 830 mice for sale on, on Amazon Japan, but there's only you know five or 10 brand names. Right. Yeah. So then the other thing I'd look at, the other thing I'd actually, the first thing I'd always look at is I'd look at the brand stores, make a list of all the brand stores in your category and look yeah. at how they've presented their brand stores and just look at that and think, have they done a good job or is it a joke? If it's a joke, I can crush them and compete with them. If yeah. it's like, you know, Sony's brand store and it's like all the bells and whistles, <laughs> well then, you know, good luck. <laughs> good, yeah, it's gonna be tough. good luck going it's gonna be against tough. uh you know good luck going against the titans of of japanese commerce yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend that i wouldn't recommend going up against shiseido makeup you're not going to win nah, they're going to annihilate you right yeah, if you've got yeah. something a niche product and it's a high value mm-hmm. product and you and you think the demand is there mm-hmm. right i'll give you an example so with, with the mouse it's a travel mouse and in the west they were marketing it as a travel mouse it's a very small mouse and, every, and all their packaging everywhere the travel mouse when I actually looked at the search crew performance on, on Japan for travel mouse mm-hmm. there were 16 people searching travel mouse a month <laughs> that's not much so, so what were they searching to, for what are the Japanese searching for er, well for my product it was ergonomic mouse uh, it was um, yes oh, 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 small mouse small mouse and ergonomic mouse are my big ones and mine's also <laughs> presentation click and presentation click so yeah. you know for the first six months i was like oh yeah oh, it's a travel mouse yeah and i was doing it and then i finally <laughs> went oh no you know Actually. why did i trans why did i translate travel mouse see yeah, it's yeah. not translation it's localization no. what build yeah, okay i'm gonna leave you with one last sentence in this right. build your offer keyword backwards yeah Okay. Go backwards. Good Give people well exactly what they want. And that yeah, goes perfect. for every country in the world. Okay, let's move on. All right, let's talk about video because I know you're champing at the bit to talk about this. 
Yeah, well, I'm going to keep it really concise. I want to give people a lot of value and just uh, tell you how it is and, and what's possible. I mean, that's the question. What's possible? That's what everyone needs to know. And so I said to you before, design your design your offer keyword backwards. It goes the same with video. Design your video keyword backwards. What you need to do is look at all your keywords, break it into keyword groups. So if I take the mouse, I can have a presenter mouse, an ergonomic mouse, a small mouse. I can have yep. a, a, an iPad mouse. That's four mm-hmm. categories of, of, of keywords. I can yep. have a different video for each category, right? Uh-huh. So design your video keyword backwards, right? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're trying to visually convince mm-hmm. someone to buy your product based on exactly what they want or need. That's right. right? So you don't want to shotgun so, it, right? You don't want to try and be no, 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 no. The biggest mistake I see is everyone just has one video. I, I looked up yeah. uh, Mr. Beast, the biggest YouTuber on earth. He mm-hmm. He's probably the most sophisticated guy at making video on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. He's made, he's got 230 million followers and he, he's made, I think he posted yesterday, a couple of days ago, he made $50 million in a year, right? He's got his Feastables chocolate on Amazon, uh, UK, uh, Amazon.com. Uh, and if you search for, uh, you know, dark milk chocolate or something like that, he's got one video ad <laughs> filmed on his phone. I'm like, why don't you have a hundred video ads? So like, why one? So yeah. what I do is, mm. is the, the way it all works is this, the algorithm on Amazon, um, will test out all your video for you. So don't make the, the, the fatal assumption of making one video. Everyone tries to just make one video. You don't know what customers are going to gel with. You don't know what's, what's going to resonate with them. You don't know what they're going to click on. Why have one video? And even if you do have one video, right, they, there could be 10 different ways you edit that one video. So you could edit the shots in 10 different ways. So that one video is actually 10 videos. So yeah, you can smart. test out 10 versions of one video, right? Yeah. So don't just have one video. Don't be a chump. Don't do that. You're missing, <laughs> out, on, you're missing out on the gold mine of video. Right, yeah. and and, and right. I've I've gelled it down to this simple slogan: create video assets that generate cash. If your video doesn't generate cash, it doesn't make the sales. Mm-hmm. To get rid of it, yeah. create video assets to generate cash, and that requires a lot of testing. Okay, so let, let me just quickly break it down. There's some yeah. different types of videos for Amazon. You got the sales conversion video. That's the one I like to make ultra high quality. That's the one I film on cinema grade cameras. That's the one I use the top lenses and the proper color color grading and all that, the sales conversion video, right? Mm -hmm. Then you've got lifestyle videos. I usually don't put any text on these. Just have people using your product. Uh, See, when when someone buys something on Amazon, they want to know how they're going to use it. And, And I showed this to a few people, and one of my friends said to me, you know, you're the first videos I've seen with the actual product in the hand and you're showing up close how I'm actually using it. So yeah. with your lifestyle videos, I like to break it up into two styles. you got the close-ups and you got the wide shots. So I try and alternate wide shot, close-up, wide shot, close-up, wide shot. So I sell the lifestyle, but I also demonstrate the product at the same time. That's clever. The third one is, yeah, 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 it's clever, right? Uh, you don't just focus on one or the other. Don't just do the close-ups without mm. the lifestyle. I don't just do the lifestyle without the close-ups. I've seen people do that. They do the lifestyle and then I'm like, well, what's your product? I can't see it, right? So, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. you know, let people Makes see it. it being used. And then the third one is instructional videos and troubleshooting. So right. I, I typically put those into the premium A-plus content or on the brand store. So yeah, you don't want people having to go, oh, what's my problem? Or how do I connect with Bluetooth? Or how do I do this? Or how do I change yeah. the battery? You don't want them to go into your website and stuff or having to go to Google and search it. No, mm. let them watch the video before they even buy the product. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so yeah. your instructional videos are a type of sales pro- uh, video as well. So, mm. you know, make them. But I'll give you one piece of advice with instructional troubleshooting. Be really concise. Do not waste people's time. Don't mm. don't make a two-minute video for what you can show people in 30 or 20 seconds. Just be yeah. just straight to the point. Cut, 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 cut. This is how you use it. I'll, uh, I'll just let me jump in for a second because I, I, it reminds me of a story. Uh, I used to have a client when I was in the SEO world, which we talked about earlier, um, that was crumplerbags.com. Okay. So they sell yeah. the famous crumpler bags. That were, uh, I think they originally started in Melbourne. Um, they hired a new general manager, uh, this guy called Sam. I've forgotten his surname. Sorry, Sam, if you're listening, probably not. And he was one of the head of head of, he was a head of marketing at apple.com so i used to work alongside you know jobs and and at that era when they released the first iPhones and before the iPhone was released they did a lot of demonstrations so these demonstration videos that you're talking about how to use it how to swipe how to pinch how to do all the you know the usual kind of screen things 
when everybody was lining up at the stores when the day of the launch came and every you know the, the buzz was huge they actually had an internal amazon uh, amazon team apple team with videographers that were walking up and down the queue asking people and interviewing people in the queue that were ready to buy the phone how do you zoom in on something and they were actually visually kind of pretending they had the phone and zooming That's and right. swiping and doing all that stuff so they actually trained their consumers or the their, you know people about how the product was to be used before they even released it so just to yeah, that point. That's right. That's right. And this is, this is, this goes back to costs, you know, reducing costs to improve, increase your profit line. Every time that you're doing customer support, you're spending money and time. And the whole point of doing your Amazon business is not to spend any time on customer support. Get it right at the start. So what I do is every single time you get a question, a new a new troubleshooting or instructional question, yeah. and you don't have a video for it, answer it, make a video for it, put it on your listing, and then you can just Absolutely. say when someone emails you, here's a video. Yeah. Right, and, and so that, that's a work in process because you don't know what problems are going to have, people are going to have, and what questions are going to have. The next one is, great, uh, hey, sorry, that's a really yeah, good point. Yeah. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. I don't mean to, but yeah, no, um, no, it's, it's fine. Just, no, it's fine. I've got a strike while it's well, it's in my mind. Uh, one of the things that we encourage our clients to do as well is, you know, the Q and A section on every single listing. People ask questions yeah. about your product, right? That is a perfect opportunity for you to shoot a video and get more video content onto your. Um, onto your listing, number one, but you can also get friends and family to ask questions. Um, yeah, that's perhaps not TOS friendly or approved, but you, you know you can do it. Um, perhaps if you're listening in five years' time, don't do it. I don't know, <laughs> but um, and then you can yeah. shoot the videos and just get more content on that way too. Hmm. Well, that's the next one. The next type of video is oh. testimonial, and uh, that's um, where people actually talk about using the product. Now, this is a, this is a, this is a fine line between fake hmm. and real. Right? How do you make it as real and authentic as possible? Because ultimately, um, social proof is the number one way to make any sale. And how do you make the most authentic social proof videos you can get? And the only way to do that is to have authentic social proof videos. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Get people to use your product yeah, and be honest. And if the video is great, use it. If it's not, don't use it. Right? That's right. But <laughs> make your product so good that people actually genuinely like it. And then, and yeah. don't, you know, don't kid yourself because, you know, this is the delusion some people have. Oh, my product is what people want. No, it's not. My product quality is great. No, it's not. And I'm going to keep selling it and pumping in money and time and effort to sell this when actually I'm just not good enough. Improve yeah. your yeah. product. If you get a one star, fix your product, make it so that people give you five stars. And then you'll get the best testimonials, right? Mm. Now, I looked at the company called SmartSuite. They uh, sold their gummy candy for $380 million, uh, the company. And I went to their brand store and I went to their best-selling product. It's actually not there now. They removed it. I don't know when. It was about mm -hmm. eight weeks ago. And I looked mm -hmm. at their best-selling product. And on their product listing, they had six videos. The first video was a sales conversion video. The next five videos were testimonial videos on their product listing. I didn't even think it was possible. Maybe it's not because it's all been removed now. But uh, I saw it there and I was like, yeah. wow. So, you know, here's a company that sold, for sold their business for $380 million dollars. You know, yeah. the, as sophisticated as you can get in America, they probably had all the biggest ad agencies in the whole of America helping them. And on their product listing, the first video was a sales conversion video, high-end sales conversion advertisement. The next five videos were testimonials. Now, they yeah. probably went out and made three or 400 testimonials and then choose the best five converting ones. Yeah. They're actually called native ads. Native yeah. ads are filmed on your phone. The lighting can be bad. The audio can be bad. Everything can be a bit off, but it looks as authentic as possible because it is. Yeah. So the, the yeah, next type cool. of video is the upsell video. Now, upsell videos can go on your brand store and at the bottom, probably the last line of your premium A-plus content. In your mm -hmm. upsell video, that's where you sell your bundle pack. That's where you uh -huh. sell That's where you sell your multi-pack. That's where you sell your, all your bells and whistles and add-ons. So yeah, yeah, the upsell video is where you make your mega bucks. So instead of getting $20, <laughs> you're getting $100. Yeah, you know, because if you upsell videos right. on your product listing and you're advertising the product listing, if you spend $2 for a click and they go to your product listing, and instead yeah. of selling a $20 sale, you're making a $100 sale. You've spent $2 in an ad on an ad click to make a $100 sale instead of a $20 sale. Same as yeah. McDonald's. You walk into McDonald's, they say, hey, do you want to upgrade to a Big Coke or, you know, or yeah. Big fries? Like fries? And that's yeah. how they make all their money. <laughs> McDonald's makes all their money. So, yeah. you know, think like if don't think you're better than McDonald's. Join them, right? <laughs> that's right. Join. Have your upsell. Have your upsell. That's right. And that's where yeah. virtual bundles are so good now. If you have your virtual bundles... Um, yeah, yeah. listed and then at the bottom you have your upsell yeah. video selling yeah, those no, virtual no. bundles yeah, that's, that's how you want to do it okay yeah, I love it. and then that's the last one is reviews this is one i think a lot of people miss so everyone all goes out and they use vine and all that stuff to get uh, reviews right yeah. 
But here's the thing. You can have a thousand reviews. No one's going to read a thousand reviews. They're going to they're going to read a couple of one-star reviews and they're going to read a couple of five-star reviews. However, above the reviews, it posts all the video reviews. Videos and, and the video reviews can only be 15 seconds. So you can only just quickly hold it. Now, if you have 10 video reviews, people are going to go, oh, here's a customer who's bought it and they liked it so much that they posted a video. I'm going to just play those. And they're going yeah. to believe that video over any single video that you post. Yeah, so if you 100%. can get video reviews, oh, man, yeah. even two or three, man, people are going to watch it. Yeah, right? And that's yeah. it. That's a breakdown of the videos you can do. Bottom line is this. Video is a big journey and it's a different beast, especially for a lot of Amazon sellers. They might not have ever, they don't know where to start. But the way to the way to approach it is this. Ask yourself, where do you want to be one year later? Okay? Mm. It's not gonna you're not gonna make a video tomorrow and have it absolutely perfect and it's gonna make you a million dollars. No, it's no. a testing process. Where do you wanna be one year later from now? Okay, so if you make one video a week. Uh, for 50 weeks, if you make one 40 second video a week for 50 weeks, at the end of the year, you've got 50 videos, right? And then you've <laughs> got you a product with 50 into more videos. videos. Yeah. And each video can be chopped up into 10 versions. You got actually That's 500 right. videos. Yeah. Okay. So the way to approach it is to view your brand store as a kind of de facto YouTube channel and, and where you, you're controlling the narrative. People aren't going to, you, you don't want people going to YouTube to Google your product because, you know, you got all these influencers out there, and if you're not mm. paying them, they got a vested interest to slag your product off. Oh, why would you buy this crappy product? You know, uh, pay me and I'll remove my video or, or boost you, right? <laughs> so you can, be, you can be kind of blackmailed. I've seen that. I've seen that. So you want to control the narrative. So mm. with your brand store, you can have infinite pages. You can have one page for every product. Each yeah. page can be 20 lines deep. You can fill it with 10, 20, 30 videos. You can have unboxing videos. You can have testimony videos, instructional. You can have everything on there, right? And um, and then, you know, don't assume you know what video is going to resonate with your customers. I mean, for this mouse I made, I made uh, 40 different videos, and I showed a bunch of my friends. I said, what's your favorite? What's your worst? And I had about three or four friends point out that this one video was a video they liked the least. And it actually turned out that video made 90% of my sales. So don't assume. Don't assume you know what they want. Don't assume you know what order. Don't, don't assume you know what the first shot should be. If you don't get, you know, you got to test out the first five seconds content. So if you've got, if you've got 13 shots, you got to test out all 13 shots as your first shot to see which one they click on. That's yep. right. I was just going to say um, one of the things that we do is we use, you were talking about storefront landing pages using storefront pages as landing pages and we do that a lot for our advertising so we deliver ads from our sponsored brand ads straight onto the storefront onto yeah that's right on the storefront um to to really sell the product and the advantage of that so i'm kind of giving up it's not even a secret but it's sort of the stuff that we talk about at the collective but the advantage is that you've got a storefront page where there is no there are no other links to any other products there are no yes that's correct it's all you it's all your yeah, that's content. right so then they convert extremely well. And now instead of going to the product page, you can actually add to cart directly from the storefront page, right? Those buttons. I'm going to add to that. Yeah, About eight weeks ago or three months ago or something, they've made it much, much easier now to get premium A-plus content. You only have to make five changes to your A-plus content now to get premium A-plus content. That's right. And then you get seven carousels. And then they've added a new one now. One of those carousels, one of those lines you can have um, you can have a, a carousel of six videos. So you oh, got yeah, you got seven lines. Yeah, you got seven lines, and each line can have six videos. So what you can do now is this is what I recommend. You have your brand page, brand store page for your product, which is twenty lines deep, and you have it very video rich. But then you duplicate your brand store page on your premium A plus content, and then when you run ads, fifty fifty it send fifty. 50% of your ads to that brand store page and 50% yes. ads to your product listing with the same, yes. and then test which one converts better. Great so on. that's what I'm doing now. That only changed in the last three weeks. You got to really got to be on the ball with this stuff. Don't you? Yeah, um, but uh, but uh, yeah. then you can test out which one converts better because just remember, there's a bit more there's a bit more customer purchasing, you know, a bit more pain going to the brand store because they got to leave the brand store and go to the product listing to buy. So it's just more clicks. And that's resistance well, to sales. So that, what I'm trying to say is if you've got yeah. a high converting product, you know it's already converting, yeah, mm -hmm. you just send them to the product listing. But if, well, if you're trying true. to build your brand, you're in the brand store. 
Yeah. Well, it, but this is a thing like in the brand store now, when you add a product, you can actually add a product and it, instead of clicking, when you click the product that takes you to the detail page, which we were talking about, you can now actually add to cart from within the store. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's fantastic. Bypassing. Yeah. Yeah. Straight in the cart. Yeah. You check out. You're done. So yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. huge, huge new thing as well. Reasonably new. I think it's a few months old now, but um, yeah, we've been using That's that amazing. Right. I'm going to have to check that out straight away. Thanks for that. Whether it's available in that's Japan awesome. or not for their store for us, I don't know, but um yeah, it might so not be. Who anyway. knows? I'll tell you one that's thing cool. though: Japanese don't buy products. Japanese buy brands. That's a, <laughs> that's a golden rule of Japan. They don't buy products; they buy brands. You know what? I've had so many Japanese go, "Oh, if it says made in China, I'm not buying it." Yeah, because they don't Australia? trust the. They, mm. Yeah, Australia is, is gold. Yeah, it's um, yeah. And so you know, if, if you've got a problem with that, it's just say designed in Australia, or that's designed right. so, yeah, something yeah. like that. And so look, look, let's uh, let's go a little bit more in the video. Um, yeah. So you got the locations, you got the brand store, which has 20 lines per page. You got your product listing, which has six videos. You got your Amazon video ads, which which um, are up to 45 seconds, which you can have unlimited Amazon video ads, which I highly recommend you lean into. You got your mm -hmm. premium A plus content, which has seven lines, but you can have a carousel. One line can have six videos, mm -hmm. so that, that you can have about you can have 40 videos in your premium A plus content now. 40. Mm -hmm. Imagine 40 mm -hmm. videos in your premium A plus content. And you've got Amazon reviews, which are 15 seconds long. So, you know, yeah. you really got to sit down. If you want to massively scale your business and you want to escalate mm. or, or, or uh, escalate your sales, look at yeah. video and, and, and look at and, and, and take baby steps. Start off with uh, just some video ads, right? Because yeah. no one has to see that. If a video ad is bad, Amazon won't show it. So you, you can avoid the risk of putting a bad video on your product listing or your brand store and destroying your own brand, right? Test it in, in there. Okay, so imagine this. If you film 20 40-second Amazon video ads on your phone and each video has 15 three-second shots, right? So that's about 45 seconds long. And then you e edit each video five different ways. You know, you, you change the order of the shots. You now have 100 video ads at 45 seconds each. Mm. And then you test these 100 video ads across every one of your keyword groups, category, and your competitor ASIN. Right, so you, you 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 just make 20, 45 second videos, yeah. and you're saturating all yeah, your right. different keywords, category, your competitor ASINs. This is how you dominate Amazon today. You are the king of video for sure, uh, and Japan too, by the way. You're doing very well there. So I don't know if you've had a chance to catch up with Gary Huang, who's who's in Japan. Not I yet. And yeah, you need to get in touch with him. I'll, I'll hook you guys up in an email. But yeah, um, that'll be great. Hey, Ash. Seriously, you've just been dropping gold nugget after gold nugget. So it's been an amazing episode. Quite a long one, but uh, hopefully well worth a listen all the way through. And really lovely to meet you over the, the last couple of weeks. And um, yeah, hopefully our paths will cross in person at some point in the not too distant future. Thanks that will be fantastic. Much, how, do we, how do we get in touch with you if we wanted to do that? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, a LinkedIn slash ASHREX. You can find me on LinkedIn. That's the best way to contact me. I look at it every Good day. Mate. <laughs> Sounds good. Ash, thanks again for coming on the show. All right. Take care, Chris. Have a great day. Links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening.